a warm welcome from our Holy Rosary Parish community here in Burlington. Please join us in prayer as we share our readings and homily from today's Holy Mass. from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the letter of St. James. 
Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Brothers and sisters, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. When John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples who said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, No one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, in the Gospel reading this week, we read a beautiful passage where Jesus eases John's doubts. He gives his cousins really some great reason to rejoice on this Godet Sunday. Before being imprisoned, John was confidently proclaiming 
that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John had testified that he saw a dove come down from heaven and rest on Jesus, and that Jesus was the Son of God. But now John is in prison. He's in crisis. He has doubts about himself, about what he experienced, and even doubts about Jesus. John, however, is a great man of faith. So in his moment of distress, he reaches out to Jesus. He doesn't keep his doubts to himself. He searches for the truth from the source of all truth. John sends his disciples to ask Jesus a very direct question. Are you the one to come, or are we to wait for another? And Jesus, in turn, responds very clearly as well with facts so that there is no doubt. He tells his, John's disciples to report back exactly what they see, that the blind regain their sight, the lame walk, the deaf can hear, the poor are receiving good news. All prophecies of Isaiah in the first reading are being realized. These are all miracles that were to happen when the Messiah would come. So, so as to bring joy and gladness into the world and to take away the sorrow and the sign so that all of creation might rejoice. Jesus adds, however, that the lepers are cleansed and the dead are raised. These miracles signify God's very presence among his people. So Jesus is reassuring John that he is the Son of God, he is God's divine presence among them, and he is their Savior. What joy must have filled John's heart upon hearing this comforting and reassuring good news. There's good reason for him to be rejoicing, even in his dire circumstances. But you can't blame John the Baptist for being full of doubt. When people are in prison, they're under a lot of stress. They're in crisis, and they have a lot of time on their hands, a lot of dead time to reflect on their lives and this reflection often brings them to deep questioning. I see it every week when I go to Barton Jail. I saw it yesterday morning. The inmates are full of doubt. They doubt themselves, they doubt their lives, their experiences, and they're searching for the truth. This deep questioning is a crisis, in a crisis situation often brings on self-doubt. They wonder about their purpose, what their life is about, what they should do now, and they can literally experience an identity crisis. They start questioning who they are. They often identify with their addiction. They're heroin addicts, or they're you know, meth heads or meth addicts, or they identify with their crimes. They also question their relationships. Who really loves them? Who can they trust? John the Baptist, in his doubt, was looking to be reassured about his relationship with Jesus because that relationship gave him purpose. It gave him joy, peace, and love. John found his identity in Jesus. In this relationship, he found his true self. Renero Cantalamessa, the preacher to the papal household, uh, whom I think is just one of the best 
homilist of, um, of recent era says that human beings cannot become aware of their true identity if there is not a gaze that turns towards them, a gaze that allows them at the same time to go out of themselves and enter into intimacy. <laughs> to say that a person is made in the image and likeness of God means that he or she is called to live for the other, to become a gift, to be in relationship. That's why loneliness is so hard, because we're made for relationship. However, the ultimate relationship that we're made for is with God. Our relationship with Jesus is the relationship that a heart and soul so desires. It is in Jesus' face that we most want to gaze. St. Paul, uh, Pope John Paul II said that Jesus is the human face of God and the divine face of man. Jesus became like us so that we could become more like him. As we gaze upon him, we grow in intimacy with God. We know that we're loved and that we have a purpose. When we gaze at Jesus, we grow into the person that we're meant to be, and it's life-changing. In thinking of uh, what, are per what are experiences that could illustrate this type of life-changing gaze, my first thought came to the sacrament of marriage. When you gaze into the eyes of your spouse, you know that your life is changing and that the love that you share, you share is going to transform you. And I'm not just talking about putting on weight. <laughs> it changes you inside. Then, it's the birth of your child. When the nurse gently puts that new baby into your arms, and the love and the joy that comes over you is unbelievable. There's a warmth that just embraces you, and you're filled with joy. Your love for that child is instantaneous. I personally never believed in love at first sight until I held my son when he was born. And then I understood what that whole love at first sight was all about. So as you gaze upon your child, your heart feels like it's going to explode. Something has changed. You've grown. You're more the person that you're meant to be. I think that those types of experiences of intense love, those are moments of grace. Moments when Jesus is gazing upon us and we're experiencing God's grace. Grace is the love of Christ being poured into our soul. And it restores divine life. And that experience is life-changing. A couple of years ago, my wife and I were involved in RCIA, and at the Easter Vigil, there were several people that we had sponsored that were going through their sacraments. 
being baptized, confirmed, receiving First Communion. <clears throat> and you could really sense very strongly the presence of the Holy Spirit. Grace was being poured out upon them and upon us. There was intense joy within the con congregation. And there was a divine presence. That's why the sacraments are so important. As Bishop Barron, Robert Barron would say, sacraments really matter. Baptism puts divine life in us. Reconciliation restores it when it's lost. The Eucharist feeds it. Confirmation strengthens it. Marriage and holy orders give it vocational direction. And the anointing of the sick heals. The church, through the sacraments, makes divine life possible. At this Advent Eucharist, we rejoice as the divine life within us is being nourished, and our hearts are being strengthened, for the coming of the Lord is near. Thank you for joining us. We pray that today's Holy Mass readings have brought you closer to God and grant you peace and joy throughout your day. During this holy season of Advent, please join our community in person for Mass at our Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Burlington as we prepare to celebrate Christ's entry into the world. Each weekend, the Lord's Day Mass is celebrated at 5 p.m. on Saturday and at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday. During the week, Mass is celebrated every Tuesday through Friday at 8 a.m. We look forward to welcoming you.